Hello, and welcome to Three Association, a podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors, created by supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. We're glad you're here. Now let's listen in on today's Three Association conversation. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome. Hi, Tara. Thank you for having me. Yes, Vanessa, welcome. Uh, we have Vanessa Caruso here today from Victoria, BC. She's a spiritual director and supervisor, and she's currently in Fordham's Advanced Certificate and Supervision Program. And we've invited her here today to talk to us a little bit about putting together a spiritual direction toolkit. So to begin, Let's free associate to the word toolkit. Tara, what comes to your mind when you think about a toolkit? Um, I think about this big orange bucket that we have in our garage that when I need a tool, I go in and um, I usually get frustrated that I didn't put things back where they should go and think about the fact that I need to organize that toolkit a little bit more. Um, but it's also the place where I know what I need is going to be there, even if it's not as organized as I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I think of the word toolkit, I'm imagining being in a course on auto mechanics. When I was about 17, I was working on my 1965 Mustang. Wow. And wow. I, we had tools galore and they were organized completely beautifully and you could just go right mm -hmm. to the place and pick it out and work on the car and it was just such a lovely thing in that setting how about you vanessa what do you think of with the word toolkit it's so different than your examples i think of mary poppins magic bag <laughs> I love that. Anyone... You're the right person to talk about this. I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> if anyone hasn't, you know, seen Mary Poppins in a while or heard of that, she's this nanny for these kids, and she has this, you know, brown duffel bag. It looks like a British brown duffel bag, and yet everything she needs and they need is in there. So, you know, she has medicine. She'll pull out like a lantern or an umbrella things that don't even fit so there's like this magical <laughs> quality and she just um yeah she's always prepared with whatever the moment requires that's what i think of toolkit i love that i love how each of our images are so different yeah 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 so vanessa you've been putting together toolkits yourself these days one for yourself as a spiritual director, one for yourself as a supervisor. And I wonder when you're putting together your spiritual director's toolkit, what would you include in that for people who haven't really thought about that before? Mm. Well, I love that question because putting together the toolkit has been my favorite part so far of the supervision program, a toolkit as a spiritual director. And I guess over the years, I have made my own toolkit of sorts. It's just that in your program, you know, it really kind of dignified 
that idea of resource gathering. So over the years, you know, I'll make little templates for things and I'll really like beautify them and something as simple as like a, the covenant for spiritual direction, you know, just really trying to make that clear and beautiful to look at as kind of um, an artifact or some something that that represents the work that we're doing. But now what I have in my toolkit is, you know, beyond just the covenant. Now I have a, a list of typical boundaries for spiritual direction in my context, which directees have found very useful to just read through. It's a link on my covenant that says this is, you know, typically what spiritual direction is like. Um, and it's different than counseling or other modes of talking. So that's something I have an adapted code of ethics. So having looked through these different codes of ethics and coming up with my own, that really fits my context and my personality and my gifts and my limitations. So that's in my toolkit. I have a professional will, which is a really beautiful document. It's a way of stewarding the hearts of one's directees so that, um, you know, if I were to pass away unexpectedly, I have an executor who's a friend and a spiritual director who um, knows what to do and how to contact them and what to say, which is just such a beautiful part of my toolkit mm. to me. Yeah. I love yeah. that one. These yeah. are all things I've learned in um, this supervision program. Mm. Yeah. And there's that, more. There, there's, yeah, there's a few other things too, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that professional will piece is really new to me too in the last few years. And it came home to me as COVID first started. Mm. And I was having a, a kind of a weekly gathering with people who'd gone through the Together in the Mystery program and um, just to support them to, to begin to think about, well, what is it? what is this that that we're doing here in COVID um, and how do we adapt it you know now that we're online and other things and we had started talking about death and what happens if one of us dies and two of the people on the zoom call mentioned that their spiritual directors had died unexpectedly mm -hmm. and they didn't know it and mm -hmm. they learned it like third or fourth hand sort of in a conversation on the street and it was just heartbreaking for them you know in one case somebody who had sat with a person for a very long time and so that sort of came out of that experience that assignment to, to create mm -hmm. a professional well, I think it's really important mm -hmm. yeah well and I think such a beautiful way to um to have the opportunity to say one last thing to your directees yeah. and to say it through the executor, to be able to offer that love and closure that mm -hmm. we may not get, depending on the circumstances of our death, that we may not actually get to do uh, in a way that um, is, is us saying the thing. Um, and it's such a, a, a huge, I think way for directors and then also for supervisors um, to care for the community that they are a part of. Um, and it's 
it just one thing that um, also I think as as a director, as a supervisor, as a mother, as a spouse, as a friend, like brings up a lot of gratitude for me of, of the communities that I'm part of and thinking about like a lot of us when we don't like to think about our death, <laughs> but this, this opportunity to have gratitude in advance and to be able to think about it mm -hmm. in a way that's holistic is so so helpful yeah and i'm i'm just thinking of our friend and colleague noel having mm -hmm. ting who created a professional will for our course and um i asked may i use that as the example because it mm -hmm. was just a really um well done beautiful document and tragically, he died not long after mm -hmm. that. And I was so, I was, I was so heartbroken about his death and consoled by the fact that he had that in place for his um, directees and supervisees. So, yeah. yeah. So just, a, mm -hmm. just feeling like a moment to mm -hmm. honor Noel here. Yes. Bless him. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Vanessa. What else is in your professional toolkit? So I also now have a suicide risk assessment and safety protocol, which was a very moving experience for me to read other suicide risk assessments and protocols more in depth than I had. I had kind of looked at the more cheat sheet guide, like, you know, the cliffs, cliffs notes. So I was just so moved as a human by the fact that these existed that people have come alongside and sought to understood the human experience of despair and hadn't yeah. came up with these assets based or strength based ways of accompanying them and so putting together one for my own spiritual direction practice just felt like such a labor of love, like an act of love. And it reminded me of the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. I remember one of the questions that I used from one of the guides, you know, in this safety risk assessment, it was a fill in the blank. And it said, you know, the thing that I, what did it say? The thing that I love, um, the one thing that is most important to me and worth living for is and I just thought, what a gorgeous question to ask someone whether they're in acute despair and we're discerning whether they need some intervention. Um, but it's also that is that is a variation on the theme of spiritual direction to me, which yes. is Jesus's question to Bartimaeus, what do you want? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was not expecting a professional will or a suicide risk assessment to be so life affirming and life giving you know i my connotation is more that's that's really grim wow that's like you know thinking taking worst case scenarios into mind or something and i i was surprised to find it to be such a life affirming uh, aspect of the toolkit mm -hmm. and i i just love what you're sharing vanessa because it I think when we hear toolkit sometimes, we think of admin work. We think of putting together 
I mean, we've used the words assessment or um, will or procedures. Yeah. And I think both as directors and as supervisors, we can we can sort of put that in a paperwork bucket in our head and mm-hmm. and not actually experience the gift of thinking about and and really be, being in a process of what do I as a director desire to have in my covenant with my directees and why is it important to articulate that um, and what is the process that this discernment process that I I get to step into and mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that um, just like having a, whether it's a toolkit in the garage or I'm honestly, I'm still distracted by the 69 Mustang, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> we might have to put a picture in the show notes. <laughs> My first car. One. Oh. Wow. Um, but this, like what it means to keep the tools in working order. Mm-hmm. What it means. And I think even for me, as I prepared my toolkit, like knowing that I had reached out to other professionals in my area who would be willing to take referrals for me or willing to answer my questions should I have Mm -hmm. some concerns. Like knowing that I was growing a support network, not just for directees, but for myself, Mm -hmm. increased my own level of of, um, safety and sort of delight in the ministry in a way that there weren't Mm -hmm. any sort of hidden corners of what I was doing that hadn't been um, lovingly, compassionately walked into and examined. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tara, I love that reference to, to the, to the resource list, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. sense of having resourcing ourselves. So we're not just sitting in a room with somebody, but we have this web of connection that's holding Mm -hmm. us that God is flowing through so that we're grounded and centered in our space and our conversation wow what a Mm -hmm. gift to the people that we minister with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your admin comment Tara I so relate with that you know words like protocol and professional an assessment, you know, my brain kind of goes like, oh, those are, those are not me words, <laughs> you know, I'm like more right brain. <laughs> but the, a quote I, I thought of as soon as we were putting together our, our toolkits is this line from Rilke in On Love and Other Difficulties, a book of poems and prose. I read this in college and it's come back to me so many times. He said, when you give someone flowers, you arrange them beforehand, don't you? Oh. And I just loved that because, you know, I love thinking about bouquets and flowers and colors and the idea that my life is, you know, a bouquet that I harvest from the plot that I was given to steward. And it has some wild stuff in there and it has some pretty stuff in there. But just the permission to arrange them beforehand that felt like what I was doing. I was giving myself permission as a spiritual director to arrange some of these things beforehand, similarly to how if someone's coming over for dinner, you anticipate what people might need or what people might want. And you, I even go a step ahead. You know, if someone's coming over for dinner, I pull out the like the nice bowls and the fancy glasses and stuff like that. So it's a way of it's, it was kind of a way of beautifying my spiritual direction practice 
arranging these documents and these tools and the resource list. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. So that that feels like what the toolkit is for me. It's a way of um, it's kind of love made floral in a way. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. One of the things you said, Vanessa, as you were talking about the process of creating this and, and the various things that you have in your toolkit, it was, and you named it with such um, confidence and grace, um, was a naming of our limitations mm. as directors and as supervisors. The, mm-hmm. the part of this toolkit gives us permission to not be omnipotent. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to, to not be responsible for so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if you could just speak to what that's been like for you as, as naming limitations or naming boundaries and, and things like that in a really kind of explicit way in this toolkit. You, you said that so well, because that took me by surprise too in putting together the toolkit, just how much as a director I had underestimated the kindness and the mercy that is clarity and boundaries you know i there's something we talked about this in our in our program that there's something about doing work where you consciously collaborate with the spirit you know we 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 tend in spiritual directing to to sometimes say the spirit is the true spiritual director and there's something about partnering with the spirit i realized that that caused me to be less vigilant about the my own limitations and my own actions as a spiritual director it is kind of a a backwards thing but um the toolkit was a way of admitting that i'm not omnipotent and that far from kind of you know punishing myself for for not being as good as i want to be or something like that it actually gave me freedom to take myself more seriously and to take my directee seriously and to take the work of the spirit more seriously by defining some of these things. And, you know, like the data protection protocol, just saying, I take your confidentiality seriously and I'm going to do the work to figure out how we can meet and exchange documents. That's more as a supervisor, you know, in a way that protects you. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned a lot about respect respect for myself respect for the holy spirit's mysterious part and respect for my directees by naming my limitations like you said thank you for that vanessa i just i'm so touched by that sense i mean because we often do say certainly early on in in spiritual direction formation people were fond of saying the Holy Spirit is the true spiritual director. And I really get the motivation of that, you know, Mm -hmm. to kind of know that this is really about the directee and the Holy Spirit. And yet, Vanessa, you really spoke to the limitations of that metaphor, because what happens then is the spiritual director somehow disappears to themselves. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like, oh, this is really just about the person and the directee. So I don't really, you know, I'm not, I'm not really showing up particularly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I think you really spoke, Vanessa, to the importance of 
being conscious of oneself and one's needs, one's boundaries, one's gifts and limitations, all of those things that start to come into view when we mm -hmm. say, no, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to notice that. I'm here to, to call attention and awareness to the movement of the Spirit, mm -hmm. which means I'm here in the room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which I, it means I'm the one setting out the bowls and that there's there's yes. agency and respect mm. in that i i love that image of hosting that you shared with us vanessa because i think the hosts that i most enjoy the homes that i walk into it's not that everything has been perfectly arranged but that there has been care taken for me and my safety and my relaxation and mm. that there's there's an awareness not just of a performance of and I, I know for beginning spiritual directors but even as I stumble into places that feel new to me like there's a performance thing that can happen in me where I'm like mm. I need to put the bowls in just the right place as opposed to it's offering presence to the best of my ability and recognizing mm. my limitations and mm. recognizing and naming the things that um, I cannot do um, and I and I am not about um, mm. and what it means to really welcome people into that I mean I you referenced the data protection protocols which from a supervisory perspective I mean both from a direction practice perspective but also from a supervisory perspective when we're exchanging documents, even digitally, what it means to honor and protect the confidentiality of our directees and our supervisees, we can often feel like, well, eh, as opposed to, no, I'm gonna do my best to steward this space well. Mm -hmm. And and I have um, had conversations with directors around like the, the shame that sometimes comes up when we think about technology and how, how we feel out of control in technological yeah. spaces, mm -hmm. um, but that there are resources, both with your supervisor as a director, but that there are resources out there to think about those things and creating a data protection protocol as again, that sort of like can make me drift off into <laughs> like, that's not me <laughs> land, but, what would you say about like that particular protocol for you as a supervisor? The data prote protection protocol? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one feels like a still my my growing edge. You know, I put together the protocol and I'm using this um, little program called Virtue. I don't know if that's how you say it, but mm -hmm. it's a way of kind of encrypting the messages that go back and forth. So I still feel like a real novice when it comes to understanding. Um, and and it's, it's, it doesn't come naturally to me still, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I need to send that um, using this encryption service or something like that. But I do, I do love what it communicates the data protection protocol, which is even if I'm um, not going to do this perfectly every time like this is my aim. It's saying that I can anticipate the future and how things just sometimes go awry. Who knows how they go awry, but we just know that about being humans, <laughs> that they do. And so 
rather than being a real high maintenance thing or um you know a real strict supervisor or something some of these connotations i might have with someone who has a data protection protocol <laughs> i now think of it as a way of really freeing me in the moment to relax into being present because i know i've done the steps i at least can anticipate to ensure the safety and the confidentiality um, and it it does increase my my respect for my awareness of the absent other as a supervisor, you know, to be thinking about them and their identity and their story and just adding this little safeguard to the exchange of that just it it heightens my my respect for and my care for I come to the session with just like that little bit more of that that hostess. Um, mentality mm -hmm. where I've I've anticipated things and I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna work towards making sure this is a safe place. Yeah. One thing I really notice really with both of you in speaking about this is the contemplative aspect of it and mm -hmm. the imaginative aspect of it. So that mm -hmm. you're both really thinking about, you know, what am I what do the people in my ministry really need? How what do I really mm -hmm. need? How do we kind of or whether it's arranged the welcome table or the bouquet, um, it, it's it, there's something really comforting I think for us in in doing these contemplative, imaginative kinds of practices in support of our ministry. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to mention that comes to mind—it's kind of my metaphor. I think that's just arising out of our conversation—is is a curator. You know, like a curator of a museum arranges things so that the artwork pops. It's like you don't really, it's not really about the space. It's about the artwork and in spiritual direction and supervision. It's, you know, how do we arrange the space so that the movement of the spirit pops so that we see, that we respond, that we are um, transformed. Hmm. Mm. So we're coming to the end of our conversation today. And Vanessa, I wonder if you would be willing to share some experience you've had as a supervisee that felt transformative to you in some way. Um, each time <laughs> feels transformative, really. You know, it can be a little bit of work to prepare for a supervision session. And then as soon as I'm just a little ways into that reflection process and, and naming some of the things, I think, wow, this is such a great way to honor um, this ministry, this person's life, my love for this work, and to, you know, get another um, set of eyes and ears on me and mm -hmm. what's going on in me during these sessions so one that initially comes to mind i think in general the main theme for supervision for me has been helping me with boundaries there's been quite a few times where i didn't even recognize kind of a, a blurry boundary until i filled out the, the form kind of going through our relationship or there's one case where it wasn't until the actual conversation with my supervisor that I realized I was meeting with a a directee an older directee and then the directee's adult child and the conflict that 
that arose there over six or seven months when I realized, although the adult child never talked about their parent in their direction for years and had referred their parent to meet with me, that the parent did their life. um, They talked a lot about their children. And so I know in supervision was when I realized, wow, my listening space with this parent and with the with the adult um, is is compromised and affected by meeting with them both at the same time. And my initial reaction was, oh, I don't want to lose either. (laughs) They're such (laughs) wonderful, amazing people. But because of supervision, we did a little imaginative, you know, risk benefit analysis, like what, you know, down the road or what's a a situation that could come up that that would put me in in an awkward position or would affect my freedom in the moment to go with where the directee needs to go because of of how I can't unknow some things from from a significant other in their life. So that exercise allowed like really gave me that indifference like I'm open handed now to letting go of one or both of these directees Um, and I didn't have that before I was kind of like holding on to them as soon as I realized the problem (laughs) Um, and then it ended up being as it often is a really empowering situation for me to contact the the older parent and um, to recognize that this this conflict of listening for me and I imagine that it freed them to seek out a spiritual director on their own. They were gifted me, you know, even their mm-hmm. sessions were being paid for um, by the other. So, so I just trust that that too could have been empowering in their own life to, to seek this out on their own. Mm-hmm. I love that just the freedom and the honor and also the the holy imagination that your supervisor brought to you without condemnation but with mm-hmm. compassion and mm-hmm. uh and openness it's just i think that's what we've been talking about with we've been talking about the toolkit is this holy imagination and caring for the absent other mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa, for being with us. Yes, Such a thank delight. You, Vanessa. That was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and for letting me talk more about it. It's like my, yeah, one of my favorite things in the last six months has been this idea of, of getting, getting to put together a toolkit. So much of our work, you know, as spiritual directors, there's so much hidden and mysterious and unseen. And I felt <laughs> yeah. like I was fancy. Like, I just want to, I want to put together some flowers. Like, you know, I can't even make tea for anyone anymore. I'm saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it really like, it's been a great outlet for me to, to have some tangible um, paper, colorful uh, artifacts or reflections of the creativity and beauty of this work. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association Conversation. This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. 
We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any three association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and ministry.